to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Good morning, everyone. Welcome in. Time for the Thursday, February 15th, 2024 edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Hope everyone had a terrific Valentine's Day yesterday. The Grizzlies did as the Grizzlies end their nine-game losing streak with a win last night over the Houston Rockets. We will discuss that. The Memphis Tigers get set for the final stretch of the regular season. Every game pivotal. Tonight, they'll be in North Texas. We will talk about that on the program, as well as yesterday's tragedy at the Chiefs' Super Bowl-winning parade, which drew thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And tragedy beset that uh, celebration, which is not only unfortunate, it is tragic, it is horrific, And unfortunately, it also continues to be something that we have seen in this country way too often. Greg Gaston, Zach Boyd, Eli is off. He is in Hawaii with the Ole Miss baseball team as they will open up the season starting tomorrow. He will be back on the show on Tuesday. Later in the program, like we did yesterday, we're going to give you a chance to win tickets to go listen to the Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr., who will be down at the... Beautiful facility in Senantobi. If you've never been down to Northwest Mississippi Community College, they have a performing arts center down there that is absolutely out of this world. It's called the Heindel Center. And the Heindel Center for the Performing Arts will have an evening with Cal Ripken Jr. next Thursday, a week from tonight. And we'll give away another pair of tickets today on the program to go see and listen to Cal Ripken. Parker Fleming at 725 on the Grizzlies. Parth Upajai, 805 on the Tigers. Colin Cody from News Channel 3 at 825. We'll talk a number of things with him, including a little golf. He is formerly a sportscaster in Augusta, Georgia, so knows all about the golf scene as we are not only underway, but getting closer and closer to the Masters in early April. Jonah Dillon at 905 on Tigers football. We'll talk some Grizzlies with him as well. And then Jay Phillips, our buddy from Columbia, South Carolina. There's a lot of connections going on between South Carolina and Memphis, including one Gigi Jackson, who went off again last night for the Grizz. And we will talk to Jay about that. We'll take your calls and your texts on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. You can also message us, drop a line, comment, question, concern on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, sportsmemphis.com, which is our website. We are in the Family Leisure Studios, Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. If you haven't been there yet, if you've heard what we've been talking about, but you've never stopped by ever to Family Leisure, you need to. Do yourself a favor and just walk around there. Incredible stuff. Really, it's a, it's a, I call it kind of a game room for, for adults because there's everything from pool tables to foosball tables to all types of uh, arcade games. Then, of course, you have the spas, the pools, the theater seating, all that. 
2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Special financing available at Family Leisure. And the first hour of the program is brought to you by our friends over at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Again, you need something. Ah, I, I, I'm out of this. I'm out of that. Run on over there. I will almost guarantee you that they're going to have what you are looking for. That's the lineup for today here on the program. Zach, how are you this morning? I know you you got to be tired because you engineered the game last night for the Grizzlies Rockets from the Rockets standpoint. You got another one tonight with the Bucks coming in. Plus, you're getting up early like you do every day. So are you, you're going to be able to hang in there for three hours and not fall asleep. You yeah, right? I, I should be fine. Okay. But I'm, but I'm doing okay. Do you Just, drink coffee? You know, lack of sleep. Right. Well, you know, join the club. You know, you know, not not too many hours. Do you uh, join? Do you uh, drink coffee? No. Nor do I. Nor do I. Do you drink soda? I do. Okay. But not in the morning time. No, but you may have to for caffeine. Either that or just slapping, just slapping yourself. Slap yourself rather. Just <laughs> go ahead, have a little slapping contest with your left hand versus your right hand, and wake up that way. And throw and some put water a big on your face. Bruise on my face. Yeah, I mean you don't got to go crazy, but just like a little. There you go. Wake you up, shake your head, get ready to rock and roll. There are people up with us, as there is every single day. We appreciate that. Some will kind of sneak in here at 8 o'clock when they get ready to leave for work. Some at 9 o'clock. And then, of course, we turn things over to Dave Woloshin at 10 o'clock. So before we get into the Grizzlies with the rare dub last night, I was there for three, well, not quite three quarters of the game left in the early going of the third quarter. And the reason is because I have to get up so early so people have to understand. Because if you stay the whole game, even though it was not a big crowd by any stretch of the imagination, understandably so, but it still takes a while to get out of there and get back home. So got to leave early, watch the rest of the game on TV, and then hit the sack. But yesterday, the unfortunate, incredibly unfortunate uh, situation in Kansas City. I don't know. Do you, can you find out what they guesstimated the crowd to be? They showed the overhead shots. Kansas City is a decent size city. It's not a small city. It's not a large city in the sense of Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia. But there's a lot of people there. I, I think everybody was there. I don't think anything got done in Kansas City yesterday from, from a work standpoint. So they're out there, they're celebrating, they're enjoying themselves. Kansas City wins their third Super Bowl in five years. And then here we go. Here we go. Two suspects in custody. I don't know if they're the right people. I haven't heard anything more about that. If there was more than two people. But here come these, I'd love to say what I really am thinking, but I can't. This is not Sirius XM Radio. I would love to let the expletives fly. I can't. We're a family show. But I I am pissed. And yes, I'm pissed at all these events that have occurred over the years, these mass shootings. And sometimes people get sanitized to it. I mean, it hurts every time. Again. Oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. It's unfortunate. I love this country, but that's, that's the country we live in. You know, I'm, I'm all for your rights to bear arms. So I'm not going to say ban guns. But just some of the people who get these guns or whatever's going on in their minds, I, I have no, they haven't, again, I don't know if they have the right people yet. I would assume they did. And how about the civilians that leaped into action? 
that maybe saved lives. Not maybe, probably, I would say 95% saved lives because of these people still were out there and nobody was able to get to them. The authorities weren't able to get to them. They would have kept shooting. Again, don't know the motive. Don't care. One person, a woman, mother, DJ personality in Kansas City has died. There are some certainly fighting for their lives. And many others were injured, were wounded. Over 20. I think the count was 22 when I went to sleep. The silver lining, if you will, of that tragedy was there was a lot of children who were shot, but they're all going to survive, at least from the report that I read, the stories that I read, the stories that I watched on television. So again, um, I hate to start the show off like this, but I would be remiss if I didn't say anything about it. And I, there's so many of them. I, you know, we don't talk about all of them. It's unfortunate. You know, I, I wish I didn't have to at all. But let's hope that all those fighting for their lives are able. They're able to save them. And there's just the one fatality. But man, oh man, a lot of people in the middle of this just enjoying themselves. That's all they were doing. Zach, did you find out what the guesstimate was for the parade? Yeah, they they estimated that uh, about a million people was a million. My God, a million. Um, getting back to the the sports end of it, you had drunk Travis Kelsey. You had Pat Mahomes talking about being the first team to three peat, as that's what they'll attempt to do next year, and. Maybe even more importantly, Chris Jones, who will be a free agent, is out there saying, I ain't going nowhere, baby, which prompted his agent on X kind of tongue-in-cheek with the laugh emojis to basically come out and say, I'm paraphrasing, haul it in, buddy. You've had enough, you've had enough alcoholic drinks. Don't give away, <laughs> don't give away our leverage here. But he wants to be back. They all want to be back. They're going to add pieces. During the season, we didn't even think Kansas City was going to have a legitimate chance to win another Super Bowl. I mean, most people. And then they turned it on. So never underestimate or devalue the Chiefs and especially Patrick Mahomes. So a three-peat next year never happened in the NFL. Get ready. I'm not going to sit here and predict it now, but just, just be ready. NBA last night, as I mentioned, the Grizzlies Snap a nine-game losing streak as they beat the Rockets. Beat Dylan Brooks and company. They led early, the Grizzlies. I mean, they led the whole entire first half. They lost. I don't know. Did they ever lose their lead? Yes. Yeah, okay. Third quarter? Uh, Fourth. Fourth quarter. They're up 23 in the first half. They look fantastic. Again, they're still playing all these dudes that you never heard of. Sprinkled in with Jaron Jackson Jr. and a few others. They're up 23. We have seen this scenario before where the Grizzlies have played really, really well for a half or three quarters, and then they lose it in the fourth quarter. Teams step up, and they struggle. Well, this time you had Houston come back on them, but the Grizzlies made the shots, got the key defensive stops, and win. So they improved to 19-36. and 36. Can the Grizzlies... Can they get the 25 wins? Can they get the 30 wins? 
23 is that number. That's that low for the organization. I would imagine they're going to pass that because I believe you're going to get a taste eventually of Desmond Bain, maybe Marcus Smart, possibly Brandon Clark. I just think when those guys, and I know it's an if, it's not a when, it's not a definite, especially with the way Kleiman was kind of wording his 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 thoughts on Friday when he met the media last Friday. I think it was last Friday. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But I would imagine if Dez is healthy and he's back playing with Jackson, they'll win some games. There's no question in my mind. Again, they won a game last night with a depleted roster, which it has been the entire season. Dylan, the villain, came back, was uh, greeted warmly in the introductions, then was booed pretty much throughout the game. And that's what a lot of fan bases do, right? They welcome back their former comrade, and then they say, yeah, okay, that's it. That's enough. 16 points, 10 rebounds, double-double, but only one of seven from three, which uh, brought back memories for Grizzlies fans, and did get a technical foul, which brings back memories as well. For the Grizzlies, G.G. Jackson, again, one of the big stories. There has not, not been a lot of positive stories. There have been, there's been a lot of big stories, but from a positive standpoint, there's only been a couple. Talked to DeMichael Cole about this yesterday. G.G. Jackson, certainly one of them. Now has the multi-year contract, no longer the two-way guy, comes off the bench, goes for 29 rebounds, Hit three of five threes. He is starting to gain the attention of a lot of people around the NBA. And with Gigi Jackson, with the emergence of Vince Williams, with what you hope will be a healthy John Morant, Des Bain, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., of course. Whew. Next year, and see what they do with the center position. But that, again, is knock on wood. Can they be healthy? I think the basketball gods owe the Grizzlies after this year. But Jackson, big game. Lamar Stevens, who came over in the Xavier Tillman trade with the Celtics, 13.6 rebounds, two blocks. Remember, he's under contract only for the rest of the season. So the thought is that that's it. He's done at the end. More than likely he is. But that's a pretty good performance right there to showcase his goods. Luke Kennard, 15 points at four of six threes. And again, somebody I would think they want for their future. We'll see how that works out. Was not traded before the deadline. And then making his debut, Jordan Goodwin. 23 minutes for the former Phoenix Sun. Seven points, three rebounds, two assists for Jordan Goodwin. How many players have they used this year? Can you go back and look at the stats when you get a chance? And you may need a calculator. How many different players have played for the Grizzlies, whether it be one minute or most of the season. The only player that had played every single game was David Roddy before he was dealt to Phoenix. So no Grizzly has played every game this season, not even close. Kennard's been out. Even Jaron's missed games. Not as many, though, which is good. But Jordan Goodwin makes his debut, 10-day deal. He's got 23 minutes of action. Think about that. Another 10-day guy, they throw him in, gets 23 minutes. That's how depleted this roster is. So the Grizzlies tonight will take on the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Don't know what the status is for Milwaukee as far as injuries, their injury report. I assume Giannis is playing. He's not hurt. He's expected to play in the All-Star game this weekend. Their only trip to Memphis, so hopefully he'll be in the lineup for the fans to enjoy. Let's be honest. Winning a game for the Grizzlies is pretty darn hard. You go in there, you root for them, but you also, if you're going to spend some money, if you're not already a season ticket holder, you're going to look and see when the stars come in. And hopefully when it's an Eastern Conference team and they come in for their one and only time that the stars on those teams are able to play. Right now, the Grizzlies are sitting at 26. 26 different players. This season. Yikes. That have pl- at least played. At least played one minute, 26 different players. Another NBA note, former Memphis Tiger Omani Bates replaces Ron Holland, the G League Ignite star, and will participate in the Rising Stars game. So Vince Williams got the late call last week, I believe it was to be added as an injury replacement. Now, Imani Bates. How about that? I've liked this game. Didn't work out in Memphis. Still like his ability. And Imani Bates, who's playing on that Cleveland team, not getting a, a ton of action, not with the Cleveland lineup, but Imani Bates will play in the Rising Stars game. Also last night, Zach, I don't know if you saw this. The Pistons and the Suns were going at it. Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks were going at it before the game even started. <laughs> Did you see this? I, I I was made aware of it. Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks, according to reports, got into each other's face before the game. Isaiah Stewart slugged them. Now, Stewart was already listed as out for the game because of a sprained left ankle. Eubanks played six points, eight rebounds in 18 minutes. Suns won 116 to 100. However... The attack on Drew Eubanks, some say unprovoked, obviously was a an assault. And he was arrested subsequently for an assault. So we'll see what happens with Isaiah Stewart as far as not only the legal legalities, the legal end of it, but also you would imagine a suspension coming right around the corner from Adam Silver and the commissioner's office. I know Adam doesn't directly dull out the dole out the uh, the punishments, but he's a part of it, and certainly um, they will be, Stewart will be hearing from the league office. From the college basketball world, Chris Holtman fired yesterday. Ohio State can their head coach in his seventh season. The Buckeyes just 4-10 and ten in the Big Ten, and overall, they have lost nine of their last 11. So there's a move made with Chris Holtman's firing. Ohio State Known more for its football, but they have had a lot of success in basketball. Mike Conley's former school, right? Mike Conley and Greg Odin and that team. Woo! They are capable. So, no question, there will be a lot of pretty big names that will be in the mix. And I would imagine that they are going to go after active coaches to try to lure them to that establishment. I don't know if they'll have success As the season is progressing, will they just make one of the assistants an interim? I would imagine that's the direction they're going to go in because it's pretty hard to be able to pluck a sitting coach at this point, at this moment. But that's an attractive job for a lot of coaches out there. So we'll keep an eye on that. On the court last night, I questioned 
why South Carolina was, what was it, nine and a half or 11 and a half point dog to Auburn? Something like that. South Carolina has been one of the big surprises in college basketball, specifically the SEC. Auburn beat them by 40. Auburn bounces back after their loss to Florida, I think it was. Auburn, 13th ranked, South Carolina, 11th ranked. Auburn wins by 40. They shoot 61% from the field and 60% from three. You're not losing games when you shoot that well. So what a game there for Auburn and a great bounce-back win for Bruce Pearl's team. Also last night, Tennessee took down Arkansas. No surprise there. The struggles continue for the Razorbacks. 92-63, Tennessee a winner on the road at Arkansas. One other ranked team in action. Number one, Connecticut. No problem with DePaul, 101-65. And from the American Conference, South Florida continues to roll along. They beat Tulsa 69-50. The Bulls are now 11-1 in American Conference play. So again, you talk about some of the surprises around the country. Uh, South Florida, obviously one of the big surprises in the league, but really one of the big surprises, I think, in the entire country. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Parker Fleming joins us on the other side. To talk Grizzlies, this is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle. Welcome back, everyone. 726 is the time. We do have some texts on the tragedy in Kansas City, and we will get to those at the end of this hour. So if you want to Contribute to that if you want to get your thoughts out there. I will read those. I got no problem with that. Again, I, I look, we're not a political show. I don't pretend to be one. Uh, this is a sports show. But certainly, if there's something that our loyal listeners have on their mind and they want to express it, I, I have no problem. I'm not going to turn it into a three-hour referendum. That's just not what, what this show is. But I will certainly read those texts. I have no problem doing so because, obviously, it is a huge extremely important story um did get a text from somebody that said there's three now three people in custody uh, i saw two when when i actually went to bed so uh, again i don't know if that's the three that did the shootings i don't know if there's more people involved but i guess that's the latest information on that with that said as we talked about in the first segment the grizzlies and a nine game losing streak they beat the Rockets 121 to 113. Here to talk some Grizzlies, our good buddy Parker Fleming, who you can follow on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. And I'll tell you all about Subsocalitis, which is uh, his venture. But I know why they won last night, Parker. You want to know why? What's that, Greg? Because you were kicking it with Allie in the stands. You weren't covering it, you were enjoying That's the game. Right. The 11 year cancerversary is what you guys call it uh, with Allie's uh-huh. battle. I think you brought good luck to them. I think that's what happened. And I think, right? thank you, Greg. For Yeah. I mean, thank you for, 
acknowledging that, and I, I think you're right. I think there there's some extra good vibes, and I mean, to kind of clarify the anniversary, it's the 11-year anniversary of her diagnosis, um, and so we, it's just typically a celebration. It's like, hey, it's another year where, where cancer's getting beat, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think there's a lot of good vibes. And I, I think it was uh, Jordan Goodwin, the latest 10 day, that said there's good vibes still in the locker room despite everything going on. So, yeah, I feel I feel that for sure. I love it. Uh, Jordan Goodwin talking about good vibes in the locker room. He had to be shown where the locker room was. <laughs> you talk oh, about that's hilarious. new guys coming in left and right. Zach, what was the number again? How many Grizzlies have played this year? How many? At 26. least one minute. 26 different players. Have played already this season. Wow, isn't that yeah, incredible? No, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, I know everyone's pointing to the record of I think the Grizzlies had like twenty seven or twenty eight in the twenty fifteen sixteen yes. season. That season, that season know. was nuts. But you know what? If I remember correctly, in that season, there wasn't the stars that were out for the year. I maybe I'm wrong. I mean, my memory's not the best, but I don't remember guys going out like they did. Drop they dropped like flies when the names are. John Morant and Des Bain and, Bar- and Marcus Smart, and we're talking either out for the season or long periods of time. You know what I'm saying? So, so I remember this is how it went down. I know Mark Gasol had a foot injury that had him out for the year around All-Star break time. And then Brandon Wright was like a recent free agent signing that was already out for the year pretty much. So I guess he was like their Clark. And then Mario Chalmers ruptured his Achilles. Yeah, remember that. Mike Conley had that weird foot injury where they just didn't risk it because of the other injuries, but also, too, he was heading towards free agency that led to him becoming uh, the short, shortly uh, dubbed mm-hmm. highest-paid player in the NBA. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it was like But that was late. But that was late in the year, right, with They Conley? were all late. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was all late where they still were able to just limp into the playoffs. Right. That's the difference. They were late in the year. Obviously, it affected them once they got to the postseason, but they did enough damage early on to get to the postseason. Right. This is this is completely different. This was a debacle from the get go. Not their fault, but you know who knows? Maybe with the Stephen Adams thing, maybe some of that was their fault. Uh, not knowing the right information about the injury, not knowing what was going on as he comes to camp, and then he's out for the year. They already obviously knew about Ja was going to be suspended for twenty five games. Had no idea that he would turn around and get hurt does smart has been damaged pretty much the entire first year of his existence in memphis you had des bain going down who's a tank for goodness sakes i mean you don't usually mm-hmm. knock tanks off their wheels right or off their off their whatever they their foundation he gets not i mean it's just when, when those guys start going down like desmond bain then you go what the hell man the gods of uh of the world of of basketball must be really against the grizzlies for whatever reason therefore i was talking last night um, who was I? I was talking with somebody about that they're owed next year. I know it's not always even, Stephen, right? But you feel like right. after this year, Memphis is owed something next year, and that's at least the good thing about this disastrous season is that we have seen the emergence of Vince Williams and G.G. Jackson, and you throw those guys into the mix with the team next year, knock on wood, hopefully healthy, and then maybe they bring in what you would think is a center. You know, next year next year is going to have to be the year because if they, if they muddle through another injury-plagued year next year, that window is closing rapidly. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, if if there's like another injury riddled season next year, I don't even know what I don't even know what you you could do to make it up to the basketball gods, man. Like that'd just be like another like ah, uh, of course, man. I mean, you you kind of look back, and I mean, in, injuries are a part of the game. But uh, the 2021-2022 season, you know, they had John Morant get hurt in that Golden State Warriors series, and. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you remember about that series, Greg, but the Warriors had zero answers for John Moran in that right. series. Oh, yeah. Last year, you had Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark get hurt as well. That just depleted their center depth. That's clearly also showing this season as well. So, I mean, I'm hoping that there's just finally some, like, good luck in that regard, man. I, like, we, we need it. We need it more. We just like it's one of those things that I just want like the big three of John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. are so good. And they might be the best big three in the NBA when it comes to just the quality of their play, but also to the cohesiveness and the fit together. Mm-hmm. But like they just haven't been able to play that much together because of all these injuries, man. Like I, I'm I'm hoping like you said, I hope that we get a little even Stevens next year. And finally, get to see the full potential of this team. That's that's the only thing you can can think about is in a positive manner. If you're a fan of the team, is okay. We'll, we'll suffer through this year, but next year things will change. Things will be better. Uh, fingers crossed that it will be because if this is rough, it's rough for the media covering a team that is struggling the way they are. It's rough for fans. It was a pretty limited amount of people at the game last night. I think that's only because of the situation they're in. Certainly for mm-hmm. the players, right? Certainly for the players, it's tough to go out there. They're trying. They're trying their best. Last night was a perfect right. example. They tried. They got a good lead. They hung on and they got a dub. Rare, but they took care of business. And that's all you can hope if you are a uh, a ticket-buying uh, fan out there to go to these games and hope that the team plays hard and, and and can at least be in the in the mix in the fourth quarter. And we've seen a lot of games so far during this time period with the Stars out, with maybe the exception of Jaron Jackson Jr., where they have battled, but they just didn't mm-hmm. have enough at the end. Last night they had enough at the end. Right, and I, and they built that big cushion in the first quarter. I know they, they lost the lead, but in the second quarter. The second quarters have been a struggle for them uh, past few games. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, yes, it's tough tougher to watch right now because they don't have their stars, and more often than not, they're at a talent deficiency each night. But they're playing hard, and that that's really all you can ask for right now. Because sometimes what you were you worry about with losing is you know bad habits being built, bad vibes being created, and I think the locker room knows like there's a bigger picture in this, and it is what it is with all these injuries right now. So like their job right now is just go out, play hard, and kind of step up for these guys that are hurt. So like it's kind of the opposite of like the opposite vibes of some of these teams that like. They lose and they lose. They get accustomed to it. Like they're just going to continue to play hard. And I mean, that's really all you can ever ask for. And I know you bought up, brought up like the ticket buying stuff. I'm like, hey, like I'm looking at all these like people bring up these like Ticketmaster StubHub prices and like these lower bowl tickets are going to be the cheapest it's been mm-hmm. in the past couple of years and maybe even next year and beyond. So like, hey, this is the time. This is the time to go go buy a good ticket and. Go watch, go watch some Grizzlies basketball. I mean, 
I still have fun watching games because of like what you alluded to earlier in the show. You have like the emergence of Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi Jackson, and then also too you have Jaron Jackson Jr. showcasing more and more in his game every year, and you have different players getting opportunities in amplified roles like a like a Lamar Stevens or Scotty Pippen Jr. or Yudawana Dombe who made his re-debut the other night. So like it's still if you kind of look for the silver linings beyond just wins and losses, the viewing experience is a hundred times better than just, Oh, they lost. Well, you know I mean, not to, not to mention that you still get to see some of the greatest players in the league that come to right. town, including, and hopefully he's in the lineup, Giannis onto the mm-hmm. tonight when the bucks make their only appearance. So, you know, fans will certainly, um, they will come to games there has been a big transition as the fan base used to be, well, it's Kobe's here and this guy's here and that guy's here. And there's still some of that to a certain extent, but much right. less than it used to be. They're coming for the Grizzlies and support for the Grizzlies is, is look, I think they've sold out. If I'm not mistaken, season tickets this year sold out lower bowl and all the suites. And that's a great step in a, in a positive direction. So those fans are mm-hmm. committed. But there's going to be fans from here on out, even tonight, that'll buy a ticket because the chance of seeing a superstar is is present. So it may not be just yeah. because, well, the Grizzlies are playing hard and you get a chance to see a couple of these young players who are part of their, I, I, their future, certainly, but you get to see some of these stars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're in a great time in the league right now where there's pretty much somebody to watch on every single team. And that that's fun to think about. I mean, even if like, the Detroit Pistons, like at least for a Memphis fan, you, you get to go see Jalen Duren play. Right. And James Wiseman play. And then Washington, you get Tyus Jones coming back to town. Spurs, you get to win Binyama. Like those three are all at the bottom of the league, but they still have guys that you want to go watch and play. So yeah, I think you brought up a good point. All right. So after the moves that were made, the three mm-hmm. trades, how are they, from a financial standpoint, going into the offseason, going into the free agency period? So where are they as far as that's concerned? And what are your expectations of what they may do? Yeah, so I want to say right now, they're, so they going into the uh, trade deadline before the Stephen Adams trade, they were going to be a second apron team, which basically... Uh, it's a massive competitive disadvantage for them because of um, just because of the complication implications. You know, I think you can't get into the buyout market, can't use a mid-level exception, you can't send cash out and trade, you can't trade any picks, seven picks out or further. So I think now they're uh, accounting for potentially next year's pick. Uh, and I've, and then also to Gigi Jackson's contract, they're a little bit within the first apron, which I, I'm not, I don't have the competitive implications off the top of my head just because the second one is so severe. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing about the trade deadline was swapping Stephen Adams' money for Victor Oladipo's expiring contract, which then they waived him to bring in um, Lamar Stevens from the Xavier Tillman trade and Yuta Wadadame from the Roddy trade. And then they were able to waive me to to convert G.G. Jackson's standard contract. So financially, I think they're fine. I think the wiggle room that they do have, and I think the thing I'm watching for the most is the contracts 
of John Conchar, Zaire Williams, and Santi Aldama, just because or, or, Zaire Williams and John Conchar are going from making $6 million combined this season to making $6 million each next season. Mm-hmm. And obviously, combining those contracts in a trade package can get you a very good contributor to a playoff rotation. And it's Santiago Holland's extension eligible, and I, I don't know the the feasibility or likelihood of an extension because of the emergence of Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. So, like, those are the three guys I'm watching for the most. And I think what you'll see the Grizzlies do this, this summer is they'll try to work under the second apron. Like, they're not going to want to touch the second apron. And I think everything is going to ultimately hinge – as far as their decision-making, it's going to hinge on what picks they get. Because uh, I don't know how much you've been studying the draft, but around that one or two spot is the range for Alexander Saar, who's a 7-1 big man out of France, but he's playing with the NBL in New Zealand. And, you know, he's similar He's similar in the fact of, like, Jaron, where he's just an elite defensive prospect. He can defend down the perimeter. He can block shots emphatically. Is still a little bit raw offensively, but like all he has to do in Memphis is finish plays. Like he doesn't have to create his own offense or anything. He just has to, you know, pick and roll. Like that's really it. Pick and roll, be in the dunker spot, get rebounds. I mean, he's an elite defensive prospect. So yeah, I think everything's just going to boil down to what pick they get. Well, the last time they took the big seven-one center that early in the draft happened to be a guy also from outside the country, Tanzania, who didn't turn out too well. By the name well, of Hashim Thabit. Well, I mean, they drafted <laughs> they drafted Jaron, who was also seven feet. Yeah, seven I know, feet but Jaron, Jaron, yeah, I know, it's, different, it's different player, different player altogether, different style yeah, yeah. play. I, 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 I kid, I kid, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to have unless they 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 do something in in the summer and and deal that uh, that pick, they're going to have obviously mm-hmm. a draft lottery pick so that's going to be a spot on the roster but as far as the center is concerned if it's not in the draft and then you're bringing in a kid to put in the starting lineup I I, I don't see that and I also don't see Brandon Clark being a starter at center Brandon Clark still it's going to be interesting to see how much of the old Brandon Clark is going to be apparent when he gets back and playing. That is, not, he's not coming off a mild injury, as everyone knows. Right. So there's there's questions about that. But Jaron Jackson Jr. moving over to the five. I don't. I don't know about you. I don't like that. I hope that that's not the the way they go. So if that's not the case, and they stay at four with him as a power forward, and they don't take a center in the draft, then free agency wise, what can they do? Do they? Do they still own the? Do they still have the um, the mid level, the full mid level, or is it just a partial mid level? What do they have left? Um, it would at this point right now it'd be a taxpayer uh, mid level, oh. so it'd be about like five or six billion dollars per year. So this is my thought process slash idea. Frankly, I am a proponent for Jaron Jackson at the five, just because of the spacing that it opens up. Like, when you have a traditional center in the lineup, you're cramping this floor spacing, and you're giving less driving room for John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. 
I think you can kind of alleviate rebounding concerns because you have John Morant crash a glass. He typically averaged about five or six rebounds a game. Destin Baines around four. Vince Williams Jr. has been a menace on the boards. If you can just get even another rebounding forward, like I think, I don't think Gigi Jackson should start next year, but <clears throat> excuse me, he has potential in that regard. If you get a 6'9 forward who can rebound and stretch the floor, that's great. That's kind of where I stand with the Jaron Jackson thing. Obviously, if you get a starting quality center, I, I want to make sure he spaces the floor as well as rebounds, but like I'm cool with Jaron at the four as long as you get a four spacing five. I, I, I hear um, you. I, I hear you. I don't I don't like it. I didn't I didn't like him in on the FIBA World Cup team. I didn't like him playing the five. And as far as and I hear what you're saying, but the one thing yeah. I don't want, and I know he plays with reckless abandon, and I know he's a good rebounder. Ja, go a little easier. I don't need Ja jumping out the gym for the rebounds all the time, landing awkwardly, falling down. Let let the other guys do the dirty work. We need John to kind of rail it in a little bit, just a tad, because these injuries have started to mount up, and I don't want him to become one of those injury-plagued players whose career could have been so much better if he didn't get hurt. So um, yeah, that's, that's, true, my, true. that's my thought on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, even agency-wise, obviously it's too early to speculate trades because you don't know who's available, and really, if we're going to be completely honest, the only players that people suggest for getting in trades, we don't really know how attainable they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think even next year, if they get even a guy like, I don't know how much Andre Drummond's going to make, but I mean, he's, if Steven Adams isn't the best rebounder of our generation, then it's Andre Drummond. Um, Mason Plumley as well from the Clippers, he does I don't think he rebounds as well as Adams, but he does a lot of that shot blocking and uh, screening and right. passing. Right, physical player. Um, if you're looking for free agency for centers, it's not flashy, but I think there's still veteran bruisers that you can go out and get, and their job is simply go get rebounds, go set screens, play good defense. And really, that's all you need. That's all you need. And exactly. frankly, like if they don't jump, if they don't jump in the lottery and they're around six or seven, like you can still draft a center and you don't have to throw him into the fire because you can go get a guy like a Plumley or Drummond and you still have Jaron Jackson Jr. You still have Brandon Clark to soak up minutes um, at the five and you don't have to fully count on a young center just yet even if the upside is interesting. But, yeah, yeah there's. I'm sure there's a decision tree that's, that's huge, has a lot of branches, but it all hinges on the pick. But I think there's a lot of different directions they can go to the center position. Well, I can tell you this, and I, I love the point you just made. I can tell you this. We're both in agreement. Get that big physical – I hate this. I don't want to use the term goon, but you know what I mean. That big physical guy who's going to – you come near him, he's going to, within the rules, knock you down. He's going to play that type of ball, which we don't see as much in the NBA. I would love to have one of those guys setting hard screens, doing all the dirty work, doesn't worry about points. I think that would be the way to go. All right, Parker, we uh, we are out of time. Tell everybody about Subsocolitis. Yeah, Subsocolitis is my Substack where it's free to read. But if you choose to support it, all my money goes to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in honor of my wife, Allie. Keep up the great work, my friend. Make sure to follow Parker on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Talk to you soon.
I'll see you soon. Thanks, Greg. Take care, Parker. Good stuff from Parker Fleming. Good stuff at All Star Chevrolet down in Olive Branch, Mississippi. If you are ready for a new Silverado, All Star Chevy has financing down to 2.9 for 72 months or up to 5,000 cash. Plus, you make no payments for 90 days because your good credit deserves it. It's still Love Month. Yes, it is. Here in Olive Branch, loving all these new Silverados. The Equinox, the Trailblazers, the Tahoes. You're going to love seeing the all-star lot and showroom that's loaded up again with vehicles. You want pre-owned? Everything you want is here. Ram trucks, Jeeps, Nissan, Rogue, uh, tra uh, the Traverse. The Traverse is that third-row seating, that huge vehicle that you can do much more together as a family. Where are you going to drive this Easter? How about spring break? You're taking off to go somewhere. you got a big family. Check out those beautiful traverses. Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus. At All-Star Chevy, they have everything you're looking for. And if it's not there, just ask Kevin or Jeff. They'll find it for you. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Come on out to All-Star Chevy and Olive Branch today or go to allstarautogroup.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa. Play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Forty-four degrees currently, partly cloudy today. We're looking at a high of sixty-six degrees. Raider Corey texted in. You can text in as well. Three six zero eight two five five on the tragedy in Kansas City yesterday. I am appalled at some of our politicians. If innocent children being shot, injured, even worse, dying when dying, when, then why do we have stupid elections? Some don't want to address the problem because they support a certain party who really don't give a give a care about the American people. I don't see the harm in trying something different that may limit this despicable and senseless behavior. I'm sure I typed this all in vain because we are afraid to speak out and ask for change, but we're not a political show nonsense. Um, I'm in agreement with you. We are not a political show. We will not go down that avenue. We will read texts and we'll bring up stories but there are other shows that probably do that, so you can listen to those shows. Um, you could do stuff yourself. You could ask your politicians. You could ask for other people to support your thoughts. That's fine. Again, I agree with what you're saying, absolutely 100%. But I don't even know if, if, if changing the politicians, voting people out, voting people in, that's what we can do. I don't know if it, it stops anything, but there you go. Um, that's That's where I'll go as far as this story is concerned. If people want to text in about this tragedy, it is horrific. What what else do you want me to say? Um, I'm not going to get on a bully pulpit here. I 
I don't even know if, if that would change things, changing politicians. I don't have a lot of faith in the political system, so um, I didn't sign up for this 40 years ago to talk about these things. When it happens, yes, we'll mention it. Yes, we'll talk about it because it's a story for a little bit. But we're here for a diversion. We're here to talk about sports. We're here to talk about athletes, talk about great stories. Sometimes they're not so great in sports. Lose Teams lose. Players fail. But that's what we do on this program. Um, somebody texted in about the Grizzlies and said, love to get a Bill Lambeer-type player, only less thuggish. <laughs> well, maybe they can go after Isaiah Stewart, Zach. Isaiah Stewart after punching out Drew Eubanks. I kid, I kid. They need to get a physical player, not a Bill Lambeer type, because he overstepped his boundaries. Uh, but that's the way it was in the game of basketball when he played. That kind of over-the-line stuff, I'm not going to say it was tolerated, but it happened an awful lot. So you have that going, which... Back then, I guess for some would be nice. Uh, in this day and age, not so nice. But you have to have a not-so-nice player. I do believe having that physicality on the team. I've always said, when I'm making, I, if I was designing a basketball team, I need a slick, ball-handling, pass-first point guard, number one. I need a dead-eye three-point shooter. Dude does not miss he makes threes in his sleep. And then give me a big old bully that doesn't cross the line. He's not punching somebody out and get suspended for 60 games. But I'm talking about a guy who plays the game physically, sets the screens, does the dirty work. Give me those three, and then I'll add a few more. I'll get a couple of subs, and I'll put my team up against your team. That's the way I feel about that. Uh, from the world of college football. Texas AD Chris Del Conte, of course, Texas moving in to the SEC along with Oklahoma, um, did confirm on a show that the SEC is progressing towards a nine-game conference schedule. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, but he said probably to start in 2026, right after they finish up these next two years where they're under contract for the 12-team playoff for 24-25. Obviously, they're negotiating for the future where I don't think it's going to drop anything lower than 12. I think we're here to stay as far as 12. One day probably will go to 16 as far as the playoff is concerned. But as, as far as the conference schedule, makes a lot of sense. Nine conference games uh, down the road, but not just yet in the SEC. All right, we need to take a timeout. We'll come back. Hour number two, we'll open up talking Tigers basketball. You talk about huge games. The Tigers in North Texas tonight. And at SMU on Sunday, two roadies in the Lone Star State. Parthu Pajai will join us from the Daily Memphian. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. <laughs> 